Good morning and welcome to today's podcast brought to you by Equine Devil's Advocate. Now, I say good morning, though you will be hearing me as usual this evening. I am talking in the morning and publishing later on today. Random, I know, but lots to do today. Now, as for our usual little weather update, it's dark, so I can't see what it's doing outside, but it sounds still. There is no wind, no rain, though I haven't yet stuck my head outside to check the temperature. So right now, I have no idea how much of a walking wardrobe I shall be today. But I somehow don't doubt there will be the need for some rubber gear. Now, where were we? Ah, yes, we have been discussing opinions, the opinions of others. We actually touched upon this subject early in Series 1, but over the last couple of weeks we've talked about it in a little more detail and from a more personal perspective which can only be a good thing. Discussion, people, is healthy. Discussion squashes gremlins and opens our minds to new possibilities. Conversation is good. Opinions are a state of stagnation, mentally, but, with one T, they can be right. Oh, What confusion. They're wrong. They're right. They're wrong. They're right. Well, here at Equine Devil's Advocate, we truly are about looking at both sides of the coin. The flip side, if you like. So today, I wanted to tell you a little story that I think very much highlights how opinions can be so right and yet so wrong, all at the same time. So, please do make yourselves comfy. This story actually involves my little dog. Not horses today, but nevertheless, the message is the same. And also, there is actually something somewhat cathartic for me, as she has passed, and at the time, I was... so bereft I couldn't actually speak to anyone for about two weeks in fact I could hardly speak at all and it was then that Koya came into my life and sort of put me back together it's that inevitable passing and it is such a strange thing there is nothing no one on this planet be it bug plant horse human or humpback whale that is exempt from the inevitable passing. Yet it can be so difficult to reconcile. We can struggle with it so much, but that actually is a topic in its own right. Another time, maybe. Anyway, back to the story, which, by the way, is actually quite jumping ahead in the timeline of my journey. In fact, it's really not distant past, quite recent. 
So, one random day, a phone call. On the end of the phone, someone said to me, "Would you like a puppy?" Well, how yes, I said. What sort of puppy? This call was from someone who had working gun dogs, working cocker spaniels. They were actually very acclaimed working dogs and were in high demand at game shoots. A lot of people actually don't know what working cocker spaniels are, because they do seem to be quite regional, particularly in this country. But they are smallish, usually black, or more rarely liver in colour. A finer, sort of smoother coat than a show cocker, and much shorter ears. They are brilliant at picking up. That is their forte in their work, and because of their size and dexterity, they will dive into any cover to retrieve anything that you want them to. They are blessed with an enthusiasm like nothing you have ever seen. It's as though they run on high octane batteries that never seem to wane. So, without work to do, they can be, and are renowned for, being utterly manic, and selectively deaf, cloth-eared, and that is putting it mildly. Now, this particular person on the end of the phone. Had three working cocker spaniels, the mother, the daughter, and a son from two litters. Clearly, over one Christmas, this person must have been somewhat preoccupied with the festivities, and happened to leave all three dogs in the car together. This was not an unusual occurrence, but they seem to have neglected to take into account. The timing of the mother coming into heat. So,、mm, yeah, how can I put it? Shenanigans. They had in the car a Christmas party, all of their own. The culmination of which were three more puppies. Let that be a lesson to you. Pay attention. Anyway, Mum to be was dispatched. As previously, to a professional kennel for her pregnancy and whelping. Soon enough, the puppies arrived. They were very small, and actually, worse was to come, as when they opened their eyes, they all had entropion, which is actually inverted eyelids. It was at that point suggested. By the professional kennel person, that they perhaps, for the best, be dispatched from this mortal coil, but their owner actually said no, and found sought out the very best vet they knew, who agreed to do surgery, if it were possible, as soon as possible. Despite the fact that future prognosis may well be actually very uncertain, now all this was explained to me over the phone. The operation had just been done. 
it seemed to be effective. It was actually eye lift surgery, but realistically, no one had any idea what the future would hold, and they certainly didn't feel that these puppies had a life in the working world. So, the question: Would you like a puppy that's tiny and has just had eye surgery that might not work, that is born of incest? Might not be genetically very healthy, and may well turn out to be a total maniacal whirling dervish. Was actually the real question. My answer: Hell yes, I'll have a puppy. A few days later, there she was, this tiny little black thing, two white socks on her front paws, a little white bib. And enormous stitches holding her eyelids open. For me, it was love at first sight. Well, she was. Oh my goodness, I could ramble on for hours, weeks, even about a whole lifetime of just the most brilliant, loyal, loving, health problem-free, best friend. Ever, she was my shadow, constantly. In fact, so much so that on occasions I would say, "Oh, where, where's my dog?" And she was so close behind me. If I turned around, I couldn't see her, as she would turn around and be behind me at the same time as I was turning around. Then she would pop her little face between my legs and smile like she hadn't seen me for a week. We did. Everything together, she rode with me. If I was schooling, she would school too, following alongside any horse, doing exactly each movement that the horse did. Anyway, to the point of the story, I kept noticing a dog agility facility that was not too far away. I kept driving past it, and one day with my Best friend snoozing beside me in the passenger seat of the car, I wondered if it might be, well, quite fun, to do some agility together. Hmm, I thought that actually sounds quite good. Yes, the conversation in my head with myself went sort of something like this: It would be so nice to do something a little different, just something. For me and her, extra special time, when my attention is not on horses or clients or on the road.、Mm. I thought, yeah, she is so totally all about me, and it would be really nice to do something that was perhaps more just about her. Yeah, you know, like extra special floss time. Even if it was for oh, just an hour a week. So I looked at my little passenger friend, and said, "Hey, flip flop, what do you think of that?" And even though she looked sound asleep, her little tail wagged. Great, I thought. We'll enrol, and so I did. Now I look at life this way: we are all individuals, and as such. We all have our own little personal 
world. Yes, we meet people and we intermingle with so many people on a daily basis. Yet we all retreat to our own little world at the end of the day. So, in my life of driving everywhere, meeting with clients, for me it's like stepping into their world for a short period of time, and each world is slightly different, different from the next. None are the same, and this is where opinions come into play. Stepping into the world of dog agility. Was exactly that—a whole other, different little world. So, on arrival, there were five of us, all new, all first timers, and we stood in a semicircle with our dogs. Floss sat between my feet, and our agility trainer introduced himself to us and asked us all to do the same. Chit chat over, he walked to his van, stating that he would give us a demonstration. He opened the back door, and out flew a barrage of border collies, a flurry of excited, barking, leaping, spinning. Good God! It was actually really difficult to count how many there were. They were so excited. He explained above the noise, pointing at. I have no idea which one. This is my championship prize-winning, award-winning super pooch. The reams of accolade that came off his tongue was just undeniably inspiring. As one collie in particular stood on its hind legs, bouncing three feet off the ground, then he whooped and hollered and a few quick commands. Four collies. Is actually much easier to count them when they were separated. With lightning speed, flew to various different obstacles. One was weaving, one was flying through the tunnel, another up and down the seesaw, and they absolutely loved it. They couldn't do it fast enough or wait to get to the next obstacle. A whirling flurry of fur. Barking and lightning speed of athleticism, fantastic, amazing to see. This is what we had to aspire to. Great. And so we began, one at a time. Golden Retriever Guy went first. He had a trick up his sleeve. He had actually bought his dog's ball as an extra incentive. Each individual obstacle was introduced, and Retriever Guy and his dog got the hang of it quite quickly and successfully. Next, went to Terrier Lady, and so it continued. I was fourth. We did not do quite so good. My dog does not go where I don't go. If I don't walk up the seesaw, my dog does not walk up the seesaw. If I don't go through the tunnel, my dog does not go through the tunnel. In fact, my dog was actually starting to become rather upset by the whole idea. Her little tail clamped down, her bottom tucked underneath her, and her ears dropped. 
and her expression, her eyes, oh dear, so, so worried. Trainer, meanwhile, is becoming, how can I put it, a tad frustrated with me. Look, he said, you've you've got to be more enthusiastic. Get animated. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, my God! Yay! Look, weaving bars. I sort of looked at him. No, come on, he said, liven it up. I, I looked at my dog, and her expression became more intense and more concerned. She looked alarmed, and it was like, "What has come over you? Have you lost your marbles?" Anyway, one thoroughly exasperated agility trainer then sent us back to our place in the line, and Mongrel Mix Lady. Was summoned next. I was almost relieved to see that she actually didn't do quite so well either, though her problem was more that her dog was rather disinterested by the whole idea. Anyway, the lesson continued, three more rounds each, and it was not for me or Mongrel Mix Lady getting any better. The others seemed to be coming along quite nicely. It was, in fact, a very long hour, at the end of which we stood back in our semicircle, once again facing our trainer, who finished up the lesson by giving advice and constructive criticism, things to practice at home before the next session. He spoke at length to retrieve a guy. And quite a lot to Terrier Lady. He had some encouraging words for Poodle Mix Man. Then he looked at me straight in the face, pointed at me. Good God, there's that finger again. You, and you. He also pointed at disinterested Mongrel Mix Lady. Are boring. You can't expect your dogs to be enthusiastic. If you are so boring, <laughs> what? I was, I was actually like a little bit speechless. But do you know? Actually, he was probably right. I did briefly think about explaining that you know, working with horses, it's actually a little bit inappropriate to be all whoop de da da la la, but. I realised it would fall on deaf ears, and in this world that I had innocently stepped into, I was, by opinion, boring. I don't ever recall having been told I was boring before, unless perhaps I just didn't want to hear it. But you know, it's true. In this world, this little world of championship super pooch, whoop de la la, yep, I own it. I am very, very boring. Mongrel mix lady and I just looked at each other and smiled. We nodded at each other and went, "Yeah, do you know what? He's right." But we're good with that assessment of our characters. 
I had to chuckle on the way home thinking about it, because you know it's so true. When you step into a world as yourself, it may well be that you are met with opinions that are right. If by chance it's something you can change or work through, adapt, learn, then great. But if not, just accept it because hey, what you are in the eyes of one, you are something very different in the eyes. Of another, and this holds true, especially with our horses. Now, had he stepped into my world, my opinion and advice would most definitely have been: you are way over the top, and you need to calm down. And I would be right. You see, in our own worlds. We're both right. We're both successful professionals, and each in each other's world. Well, how wrong are we? Terribly, terribly wrong. A little something to consider. So, on that note, with that little takeaway message, please do have a. Great week, and of course, do join us on Friday, this coming Friday for Follow Up Friday. And please, yeah, let us know your thoughts on opinions that can be right and wrong, all at the same time. We are, of course, available on www.equinedevilsadvocate.com, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, and still working on the YouTube thing. But until then, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take care, and we will, of course, speak soon.